Hey, welcome back to the uh, Not Quite Compassion podcast. Uh, this is episode number four that I entitled Googled. And uh, before I jump into things, a uh, bit more update. Uh, spent two weeks in Portland studying, uh, starting being studies towards my doctorate uh, and just learned a ton. My brain is full, so <laughs> I'll know uh, it'll be pretty easy to crank out some new episodes for the, for the old pod. But I've got to hear from uh, Dr. Frederick Dale Brunner, uh, who is one of the leading scholars in the book of Matthew, and we spent a week in the Beatitudes, and um, and just uh, the cohort that I was in was so diverse, eight hours, at least eight hours of school a day, and uh, man, I yeah, I'm tired, but it was good. It's good to be home, and happy Father's Day, by the way. Uh, so let's get into it. I, I titled this, uh, this episode Googled because... Um, I'm recognizing how much Google has impacted my faith. And I'm not anti-technology or anti-Google by any stretch. Like I, I think it's important and it's it's really been profitable and helpful for our society to be able to access information, right? How many ounces are in a pound? Uh, where was Ryan Reynolds born? Who was the 33rd vice president of the United States? When was the War of 1812? I mean, some answers are easier than others but to have this access to all this information is um is huge right however um in contrast i've noticed the nature because of google the nature of mentorship has changed significantly because up until google mentorship um was primarily about someone who had information uh, that you didn't and you went to that person to get the information that you don't have right but that's not the case anymore because <laughs> we all know that um, if you're listening to someone that claims to be your mentor, um, that you can Google something better. And you really can. Um, even in the, in the, um, when it comes to Christianity, you can find a better podcast than mine <laughs> if that's all you're coming for is information. Uh, we all know that you can find it elsewhere. Um, that when it comes to mentorship, it has to be more than that, a passing of information. That's certainly been um, changing for me, transformational for me and how I interacted with young adults the last, I don't know, 10 years of my career. They don't come to me for information. So why do they come? And therein lies the answer. Why? Because as uh, Frederick Brunner pointed out, um, you can Google how, where, who, and when. It's much more difficult to Google why. And I think that spirituality answers the question of why far better than it does the other questions. I think the question of why is of utmost importance to who we are as human beings. But oftentimes we get hung up on the what. Um, I'll give you a verse here real quick says in Philippians chapter 3, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. All right, I'll come back around to the why in a second, but hang on. See, I used to read that scripture um, and scoff. It seemed like a trite bumper sticker platitude you read in traffic or something. I used to think that whoever wrote that must not know what I've been through, you know, that you don't understand what happened. The truth is, though, we, we don't forget. We can't forget what happened. The what. 
the mistake that replays in our mind, the words we wish we could take back, the betrayal and hurt that they caused, the disappointment and loss that we faced, whether it's last year or last month or even last night. However, if we're honest, and this is a clincher, what kills us inside is not what happened, it's why it happened. And that's ultimately what needs to be reckoned with. What happened could be that he left you for someone else. Why it happened, you could be thinking it's because I'm not as attracted as her, as, as attractive as her. What? You lost your job. Why? I'm not smart enough. What? You're addicted. Why? Because I'm too weak. See, the why is the silent scream we carry throughout our day. The why is what affects us today, not the what. The why is what influences our decisions and future choices. The why is what kills us inside. Now, let me show you another verse, because this, I think, is how God actually forgets. When we're talking about addressing the why, this is what matters. In the book Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 25, God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. So God isn't claiming to like he's become somehow absent-minded. He's just like, what? I didn't know what happened. No, that's not who he knows everything. He hasn't undergone some like weird hypnosis and no longer is able to recall the events of our past. God isn't simply saying he will no longer allow our past to influence how he feels about us. Our regret will affect our relationship with God no more. He has chosen to destroy the why. And so should we. See, it happened. You can't change that. But it doesn't define you. It does not direct you. It does not determine you. The why has no power over you anymore. God has chosen to forget and requests we remember something much better. Brene Brown talks about um, the difference between what and why, and she puts it in terms of guilt versus shame. That guilt is um, what happened. Shame is why it happened. So guilt is um, I messed up. Shame is I am a mistake. Right? Do you see the difference there? Guilt is um, uh, I cheated or I lied. Shame is I am a liar. I am a cheater. It defines who you are. And God is unwilling to define you and I that way. And that's the information that we're actually looking for, right? I mean, the how, the where, the who, the when, the Google of life, it matters, of course. Like those are data points that we need to contend with. I mean, it happened, but the why, that's something that's much more difficult to Google. That's a depth that we need to plunge into. That's, that's something that God is willing to heal far beyond just the what. To take the idea of Google further too, um, I think it 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 allows us if we're willing to go deeper. I guess what I'm saying is I I fear that um, that people in light of Google have settled for a relatively shallow faith. 
uh, a virtual faith versus like a real faith. Um, because they didn't like wrestle with the question. They just like heard someone on stage say it and then they just agreed with it. That They called that belief, but it really actually isn't beliefs. It's just agreements. And you can tell because when shit hits the fan and things get bad in people's lives, they, they recognize, they discover what they believe. And it's not that. It's not what the person said up front anymore because that was nothing more than agreement. You know, why does God condone violence in the Old Testament? And the trite Googled answers for the Bible tells me so. But there's so much more to explore. How was the Bible formed? I, I know for me, um, that has been a huge eye-opening for me. That I, I thought it was like much more simple and um, formulaic that A plus B equals C and a bunch of guys got in the room together and they just agreed, oh yeah, this is what the Bible's going to be. I just want you to know, it didn't happen that way. Like there were people that were booted um, out of cities because they had beliefs that the major church thought was wrong and they would like kick them out of the city for years. (laughs) And then they would like Years later, they'd come around to the idea the church would be like, oh, you know what? That guy that we booted like three years ago, we think he's right now. Let's let him back in. <laughs> it would like bring the guy back and then this would, and then they would argue and they would wrestle and they would like people would die over certain beliefs as uh, heretics. And then they would, after they were dead years later, they were like, you know what? Actually, sorry about that. That guy was right. I mean, it was a really, really messy decision-making process that led to what we call the Bible today. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I, I, I don't see that as like somehow like that makes the Bible less inspired. For me, that makes it more inspired because it tells me that they didn't just Google the answers. They aren't trite. They weren't easily, um, they, weren't, they, were, they didn't come upon them easily. It was difficult. It was painstaking. It was agonizing. And they wrestled with God. And it reminds me of Jacob who wrestled with God. That that's the kind of faith that I want. I want it to be far more deep and real and profound. The answers that I come up with about who is God and who am I and what are we doing on this planet that's spinning and circling and uh, expanding as the universe expands. Like That's the stuff that I, I don't want to just come to easily. I, I'm sure you're with me. I, I want a depth to my faith that I simply can't get to through agreements. It's not that I like become inherently untrustworthy of the person on stage talking about God or but I, I, I just I I I allow it to be something not just like what I believe, but why do I believe it? And it, when we're gonna discover why we believe something, almost every time there's a story behind it. It's one of my favorite things to do and like I'm going to have like a Bible study with a group. It's not just to like go through a passage and, and just come up with the answers and everyone sits around and agrees with each other. That's just, that's no longer inspiring to me. I, I'd much rather just like throw out a concept like the idea that God is Father and then ask people, do you have a story for when that came true to you of why you believe that? And the thing is, we don't always have stories for every one of the beliefs that we hold. And that's okay. It just, all it does is point out to me, oh, there's more to go. Oh my gosh. I have so much further to discover. 
if I throw out the idea that Jesus heals, man, one of the most profound things to hear, hear are stories of people's wounds and how it wasn't just something that they believed or agreed with, but they give me the story of why they believe that. That's that wrestling with God that I think there's no other way to a, a depth. I um, A few years ago, I saw Rob Bell and Pete Holmes give this talk together. Rob Bell is an author and was a pastor for a long time. And Pete Holmes is like this comedian. So it made for like just a hilarious, weird, cosmic, brilliant funky night where like the crowd was just so diverse you had like pastors like walking in the back door because they didn't want to be seen in that scene but they also wanted to hear what it was heard and then you had like people that didn't even know who rob bell was or pete home was holmes was it was just it was awesome but one of the stories they shared was um about google and they pointed out something profound to me they said before we had phones and computers in our pockets when someone would ask a question, you're hanging out with your friends and they're all we're just drink, sitting around, you're drinking, you're having a good time. And someone asks that question like, where was was Ryan Reynolds born? I don't know if dude just sit around asking that question, but I would because I think he's awesome. Anywho, so let's just say, you know, that you and your buddies are sitting around and someone asks that question. And then someone gives an answer like, oh, I think he was born in Michigan and someone disagrees. No, I heard he was born in California. And it becomes like this whole conversation. You ever had one of those? Remember back before we had phones? Like you you would talk about the question for like hours. And people would like build sides, alliances. And then like inside jokes would develop. And you would like make fun of each other. And you would laugh. And become this huge like inside joke. So like that months later, you like mention ryan reynolds and everyone just starts cracking up because of all the weird stuff that happened that night because you just sat around laughing and talking about this question that you couldn't know the answer to and then like six months down the road someone's walking and you you're on you're in a car and some somehow like someone's an expert on ryan reynolds and they declare yeah uh my mom's friend knew him he was born in canada and it's like oh okay (laughs) But she wouldn't take back that night where you sat around laughing and talking and developing inside jokes and arguing. You wouldn't short circuit that in a harp. You would never skip over that. That was awesome. That was fun. That was full of questions and not answers. And that's what we're missing. Right? Like now we just take out our phone and someone asks where was Ryan Reynolds born and before we can even start a conversation, someone already has the answer. And what P. Holmes and, and Rob Bell pointed out is it's because we don't actually want answers more than we want wonder, more than we want awe. Like we thought we were looking for answers, and what we were really looking for was wonder. And that, that is the Christian life. It's not about getting all the right answers. The depth that we're searching for is found in wonder, not certainty. The um, realness, the vividness of our faith is found in the question, not the answer. That's not to say like, oh, who could know? No, that's to say, let's get wrestling. 
Like, let's sit around and argue and talk and laugh and develop inside jokes and let's put away our damn phones and let's let's struggle and let's weep and let's laugh and let's cry and let's plunge into the depth of who God just might be. This last two weeks, that's that's what I did for, for eight hours a day with this cohort. It wasn't... Um, like a lecture from my professor, it was it was a PowerPoint with like three questions. <laughs> and then we would talk about those three questions for like two hours. And people would argue and swear at each other and they'd like ask for forgiveness for taking it too far. And then we <laughs> would get offended and we would laugh and then we'd go out to dinner afterwards. And it was it was amazing. I learned so much. You know, we used to sit around fire pits and tell stories to each other. And imagine who God is and what our lives are and what the meaning and purpose of this existence is. And instead of sitting around fire pits, now we sit in front of screens. And again, this isn't anti-technology. This is just a reminder of what we actually want. Because we settle for the how and the where and the who and the when. And what we really want is the why. And the only way we're going to discover the why is together. It's to wrestle. It's to not come up with a quick agreement, but lean into what it looks like, the painstaking duty of developing belief. So this week, may you wrestle. May you wrestle with God. May you wrestle in community may you ask why questions and may god start to answer those questions those why questions in your life that you would allow him to take your shame it's what happened you can't take it away but he can heal the why i i know that because It's not something I Googled. It's something I've experienced. It's something I'm experiencing. So let me leave you with a a verse out of Ephesians 3 that I think is so fitting. It says this, And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. May you experience his grace this week. Till next time. podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.